Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Almost Holy follows Pastor Gennady Mokhenko as he attempts to rescue homeless and drug-addicted Ukrainian youth utilizing highly controversial tough love methods in which he forcibly abducts street kids, a powerful portrait of an unorthodox folk hero. And the director of this film, um, Almost Holy, is Steve Hoover. Steve, is uh, you will know him from a previous work, uh, uh, the uh, Grand Jury Prize for, at Sundance and the Audience Prize winner for a documentary called Blood Brother. Uh, this executive producer is Terrence Malick, and Atticus Ro- uh, Ross did the uh, did the music for this. It, it's a it's a really fantastic documentary. And I'm thrilled to have with us today the director Steve Hoover. Steve, welcome to Film School. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Well, I, I got to say once again, you've taken on um, as you did with Blood Brother. You've taken on um, so the the outliers the the misfits the the people who are mar- at the margins of society and made them central to your film um and it it beautifully done uh, how did you get to know pastor Gennady? um i got connected with Gennady through some friends of mine that had actually done a project in ukraine and whenever they did that project they actually met Gennady and you know sort of saw the value in his story and they followed him around for a few days documenting his work and they came back to the u.s and uh had already at this point put the bug in gennady's ear that that you know there's interest for a feature doc if he's open to it um and they offered me the chance to uh direct the film and once i saw footage of gennady and you know heard them talking and some of the stories uh it was you know kind of a no-brainer so i jumped on well, let's let's talk about his ministry. Let's talk about and I, and I you you coached me before we started the interview. I want to make sure I'm saying this right. Pastor Gennady Mokhenko. 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 Thank you, Mokhenko. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and tell because it's a it's a very interesting and and not only is his ministry interesting, but the the, uh, the <laughs> he's in the Ukraine in a very very. Uh, interesting part of the ukraine so talk a little bit about sort of his ministry and and him as a sort of a person we, we mentioned the tough love part of it tell me a little more about him sure um you know when you meet gennady the first time i met him i i got off the plane and i was you know face to face with this personality and um he's he has this incredible impetus he just kind of doesn't stop he goes and goes and uh it's always you know, talking and sort of driving and really the, the, the center of attention. It's just kind of who he is. So, um, and his work, you know, I, I went to Ukraine kind of thinking it was one thing. I thought that his, his, uh, that all he did was go on these night raids and, and pull kids off the streets. And I think I, well, I quickly realized that that was more the sort of backstory and that his work had evolved with the country and kind of became more nebulous and um but to me it became more um more interesting uh yeah i mean that the, the mm-hmm. gennady's work doesn't have clear it's not well defined mm-hmm. um i think that's why he airs 
towards come looking like a vigilante because it's it's kind of whatever calls they get or tips they get or or situations they run into uh or him um he seems to try to do something about it yeah he's very much a guy that sort of on the fly is making very you know decisions of very interesting and sometimes provocative decisions about um how to go about resolving that situation but i will say throughout the film and remarkably so his intent seems to always be about these kids about these situations that these uh, drug addicted family situations abuse a plenty uh, it is a, it is really a it's tough to to see and to watch some of the footage here simply because of the suffering that you're that we're exposed to but this is real life in this town, and it's not it's not exactly the only place on the planet where all this, these kinds of things happened, have happened, and continue to happen. So, um, the town in which he's he's uh, he has his uh, orphanage. What's it's called? Mar- Maripol? Mariupol. Mariupol. And yeah. uh, again, I don't know how different it is from the surrounding areas of the Ukraine. I have a feeling it's not that much different. Yeah, well, it, it's on the eastern, southeastern side of Ukraine, and, and kind of the eastern part of Ukraine, uh, at least what I've seen in my experience, is fairly similar. You know, the western um, side is, uh, you know, the, I feel like the, it's kind of closer to Europe, and you can see a lot more European influence, um, which, you know, explains a lot of the conflict and different things that have happened, but uh, Mariupol is a kind of a special city because of the amount of industry and in that it's a, a port city. It's, it's a very strategic um, city, as, as we came to learn through the conflict. Um, but yeah, it's, the, the eastern and southeastern parts, uh, seem they all have a kind of similar vibe. Yeah, I mean, the, the, your film takes place over what period of time? Um, well... It starts, at least the documentation starts in kind of around 2000 and leads up through 2008. And then we jump back in and it, we, we met Gennady and started filming in 2012 and traced the story through 2015. A lot of the, uh, the early footage from 2000 through 2008 are actually from his own archives mm-hmm. uh, and different news pieces and things like that that, that uh, he had archived. And he's a, he's a court, by this footage. It appears that he's very well known for his work, and and I imagine that among certain authorities within that area, he's not well regarded. Would that be a fair statement? Well, it's in in Mariupol. He's well known. He was stopped on the street a lot of times while we were you know filming. Um, as far as Ukraine as a whole, I, I'm not sure. You know, amongst Christian uh, groups, I think he might be more known. So it could be a, a kind of marginal fame. Um, but he's been on talk shows. He's definitely been in the spotlight um, a lot for his work. Um, and uh, I'm sorry, you, you had a second part to this. No, I just there. What I, I, well, part of I was just curious about because in uh, it oh, sort of there's how a, the authorities. Yeah, yeah right? he's sort of a there is by virtue of what he does. There's sort of a political pen, uh, patina over the view of him. Uh, he's sort of yeah. I, I don't know if it's well if it's just a matter of political power or not but it, it feels like he's not regarded as one of the the you know he doesn't play buddy buddy with the more powerful interest in that part of the world 
in his experience, at least from what I've witnessed and, and talked to him and came to understand, you know, we watched him pull a girl that's in the film, Angela, out of a village yeah. um, who I think they had been trying to get the local social services to take action for a long time, and they, and they weren't taking action. So they, you know, sort of uh, overstepped um, the, the local services, and that didn't go over well. There was, um, we, we weren't actually allowed to film that there was a, it was pretty intense. It was a heated um, debate between the two, but Gennady felt he had to do that. And I think he encounters a lot of situations like that, um, but it's never it's never the same. I mean, he's told many stories about basically doing police work for the police, for these people that the police don't care about because there's no money in it. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he talks often about the corruption, and, and, you know, he's very vocal about that. So, of course, people don't like it, but they won't necessarily stop him from doing some of these things because they're not going to do anything about it. They could care less. Um, and, you know, you can see his uh, political influence evolving very slightly throughout the film. I mean, it, it's nothing I, I really went into. Gennady claims to be, you know, apolitical, but I'm not, you know, I'm not sure that's entirely true. I, I don't know, yeah. because you have at one point you know, the mayor who's uh, seemed more distant from him, you know, in the past, and, and then later, you know, he's, he's very supportive of Gennady. And he has relationships with these people. I'm not saying he leverages them, uh, but his in, because he's a person of influence, that by default would, uh, you know, leverage the, the local politicians and sort of make him political whether he wants to be or not. Yeah, and I, I guess I should have framed that question a little differently in that I don't think he, there's nothing, I wouldn't say he's wearing his politics on his sleeve. I just think the nature of his work is something that puts him in, certainly on the radar of politically powerful people. And I think in dealing, sort of swimming in those waters makes makes him you know, have to be a politician of sorts, but he isn't. <laughs> That's the thing about him. Yeah. He's really not a politician. He's very straightforward uh, and and definitely a man who follows his own internal uh, code of ethics. Um, I, I want to remind our listeners, we're speaking with Steve Hoover. He's the director of the film Almost Holy. Uh, Steve, you're, uh, you're in New York as we speak to you, and you are going to be at the, new, at the Village East Cinema tonight, that's Friday, May 20th, and as well as Saturday night for the screenings at 710. Uh, and, and then uh, Gennady will be here in uh, Los Angeles at the Sun, uh, Sundance Se- Sunset 5 theaters uh, for a, a Q&A at 7, the 7 p.m. screenings to, tonight, Friday, and also on Saturday um, I'm curious about the reaction uh, that Gennady um, has had to the film. What what is his uh, take been? Well, the first time he saw the film was actually in Pittsburgh. We wanted to go back to there was more to the story. You know, a lot had happened since the last time we went. Uh, and the last time our crew went was uh, at we were there for the Crimean referendum. Right. Um, not in Crimea, we were in Mariupol, but there was a very tense time, and, and since that, a lot had developed. And so, you know, we tried different ways to, to figure out how to get the rest of that story, but um, I wanted to, to interview Gennady personally, and we just couldn't get back. Our, our, our crew was attacked uh, the last time we were there by a pro-Russian mob, and the airport we were flying into in Donetsk was is just destroyed. It's, it's completely obliterated. 
So there wasn't really safe passage to get back to Mariupol. So anyway, we flew uh, Gennady to Pittsburgh and, and did a final interview. And then upon that, I showed him a rough cut where I was at, which included basically everything but his concluding thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was it was interesting because, and, this, and then he saw it again at the Tribeca premiere. That, that to me was... Uh, Gennady had almost become fictional to me because, you know, I'm looking at footage and, and we don't have personal correspondence. And so, you know, this is somebody I had been thinking about and working on for a, a year. And, you know, I sit down with him to watch the film and it sort of, uh, I'm, now I'm talking about how it affected me. It was, he was very emotional at the, um, at the premiere of it. You know, he would, he would tear up, he would just kind of fidgety, um, and but ultimately he's supportive. And when he saw the rough cut, uh, I wanted to make sure. I said, "Do you feel like this is an accurate depiction of who you are? Um, do you, are you concerned about anything in the film? Is there anything you want to talk about?" And he he just said, "Steve, don't change a thing." And um, of course, I didn't have his final interview in there yet, so I had to change a bit. But yeah, um, yeah. either way, he's he's supportive from that cut to this cut. But he actually had a pretty physical reaction to it. He jokingly said, "You know, I need Tylenol and vodka and." Uh, he felt like it was a real documentary, is what he said. Yeah. And then at one point, uh, we have like a communal bathroom at our office. I went in and he was at physically washing. You know, that tick that you sort of, mm-hmm. well, that you see in the film, yeah. you know. Yeah. It was interesting to see that transition to, to his experience with watching the film. Yeah. It, it's it's a remarkable portrait, not only just of of him, but of the circumstances he finds himself in the in the community of Marapol. And as well as the out the the external politics of the Ukraine and all of the things that are are taking place in that part of the world, uh, it's a really beautifully done uh, documentary. And um, yeah, thank you so much for 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 it. And uh, this joins uh, your other wor- work, uh, Blood Brothers, which I just loved. Uh, a lo- I thought it was a fantastic film, Blood Brother. Pardon me. And um, continue the good work, Steve Hoover. Um, look forward to to seeing you again. I, I, I really appreciate all the thoughts and the, and the discussion. Thank you, thank you, Steve Hoover, director. Almost holy. Real quick, I'll say again for people in New York City who are listening to the sound of my voice: Village East Cinema tonight and tomorrow night at the seven ten screenings, as well as uh, Gennady Monkhenko will be here in uh, Los Angeles uh, for the seven o'clock screenings at the Sundance. Sunset Five Theaters. Thank you so much for being here. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.